It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Custard TV podcast. Uh, we're back once again to review uh, four new uh, telly programs. Joining me, uh, as ever, more or less, Dawn Glenn in yeah, Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no life. This is where I'm always am. <laughs> I did have a, a social life this week. I did. I saw my friends for the first time in three months. So that was nice. And joining us for, I think, the fourth time, uh, we've got uh, Milo Milton Jeffries. How are you, Milo? Yeah, not too bad. I don't have quite as a smooth transition into real life to the shows that we're watching. <laughs> I don't work in the kitchen anymore, so I can't really go through the boiling point transition. Okay, but, um, but you used yeah, to work in the kitchen. Yeah, for about two years I was a KP and I would not wish that on my worst enemy so I'm glad I'm out of that now um but yeah I went to a concert on Wednesday I saw the national at Alexander Palace and I was very tired at work the following morning but it was definitely one of the experience so you don't get that much stress in the library then they couldn't not make a quite. tense like library based <laughs> no I don't think a boy in the library you would fly <laughs> <laughs> quick we need this book <laughs> how long have I got this could be a podcast a podcast don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those uh definitely not anyone with a computer can make one talking telly use your ears and trust them this is the custard tv podcast yes that would entertain me briefly from the custardtv.com we are here to uh, review four new shows and um, as uh, milo alluded to we've got a boiling point to discuss that is the new restaurant uh, based spin-off slash sequel to the film from 2021 was it milo uh, yes yeah. it was done my research um scottish based thriller payback starring peter mullen and Morven christie Mira Seal in a new um I would say I would say cozy crime drama. I think that's the the phrase that's used uh, on uh the drama channel. I think that's the first time we've ever done a drama channel uh show. That's Mrs. Sidhu Investigates. And we've got the latest uh, Walter Presents drama on More for for Life. But first as ever, we will do our What Have We Been Watching feature. Milo, I know you keep a, a very handy list of every, every series you've watched in <laughs> yeah. on Twitter. So what, what have been some recent highlights, Milo? Uh, so for me, I've been really enjoying Winning Time on Now TV about the okay. LA Lakers in Los Angeles, which really surprises me as I've got no knowledge about basketball whatsoever. 
Adam McKay sort of style, isn't it? I know we watched. Yeah. It doesn't say in that style. And it kind of keeps it, but it gets a bit less reliant on the fourth mm. wall breaking as it goes along. I think as it more creative talent comes in, it kind of gets its own voice oh, a bit without trying to be a um, Adam McKay knockoff. And the okay. cast is just insane. It's John C. Riley, Jason Clark, Adrian Brody, Quincy Isaiah. Unfortunately, it did recently get cancelled, but mm. as it's a biopic, it's kind of, yes, we know what's happening next anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> Foundation on Apple TV. I wasn't as keen on the first series. It's a sci-fi adaption of Isaac Asimov's uh, series. It's a really hard sci-fi. Um, takes place over countless years, looking at the evolution of this uh, galactic culture. It has really high themes, like, freedom and free will and all sorts of grand ideas that you don't really get anywhere else, told in a style that you don't really get anywhere else. Like I think you've got this point where these characters age out in the series, they're replaced by new ones. Some of them are clones, so you keep seeing different iterations of clones throughout the series. No characters stay the same as often hundreds of thousands of years will pass in the course of one series. So there's a lot of detail to keep track of, which is, I think, partly why the first series will fly over the heads of a lot of people, but mm. once you get to the second series, it kind of all pays off. Uh, the creators, David Goya, you kind of learn from a lot of the mistakes of the first one and makes it a bit simpler, but still thought-provoking. And it's a lot more crowd-pleasing. The, mm. uh, Jared Harris, always fantastic. Lee Pace, always fantastic. Couldn't recommend enough. I very nearly came on here and said, my name is Don Glenn and it's been a week since I've watched TV for my own pleasure. Um, <laughs> I'd only watched the homework this week. However, I did manage to find time to finish Women in the Wall, one thing, and I really, really loved it. I enjoyed the first episode. I thought it was a very important story and things, but as it went on, I think it got better and better. And um, my, funnily enough, my friends last night, whenever my friends get together, there is a lot of talk of tv and they had watched that as well and really you know really really loved it found it really moving and also just on on its own as a sort of thriller it was interesting to find out what happened with the woman in the wall and we did and it was a a good explanation and it was sad and it was uh, you know important to cover this story of the the laundries in ireland um and to do it in such a, a sort of gripping thriller kind of way as well as as being the story of, of of women losing you know their freedom and their children and what happened, um, so I really enjoyed that. And it's sort of in a, a related thing. The only other thing I watched was my husband and I finally watched the last episode of Derry Girls. Uh, obviously, I watched it at the time. He's just been catching up with Derry Girls because he just heard his friends had said. Uh, oh no, Derry Girls is really good because his wife's word is not good enough. He doesn't trust my view of TV, but when his <laughs> friends say, and I have to say that was like the, probably the fourth time I've seen the last episode of Derry Girls, and I was still I sobbed through it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I don't know if that's because I'd watched Women in the Wall as well, so it was a lot of the sort of you know stuff about Irish women and their identity was in my mind, but um. I, I just found it really moving. I, I can't get over how good it was and how well it ended. Um, and I saw uh, it got um international Emmy nomination this week, the last season of Dairy Girls. So um, I'm hoping that went. Yeah. <laughs> Finally got around to finishing Starstruck Series 3. Okay. Love that. Got to be the last series, hasn't it, Dawn? That's what I thought. Yeah, I assume so. 
I thought that scene in the in the chapel was absolutely yeah. heartbreaking. Very <laughs> <laughs> was obviously brilliant, and I thought Emma was was great as well, Miss Eddy, especially in the again in the final episode. In the final episode in the hospital, yes. What's been great over the three series is seeing that ensemble grow, and the you know the one where they all go to the uh, like cabin or whatever it is in the. And have their away day. Yeah, the the her friendship group I thought was always very well done. It felt a very believable group of friends, which I think added a lot to the show. Also, keeping up with uh, Celebrity Race Across the World and uh, Gone Fishing as well is the other thing. Before we start the reviews, let's uh, just quickly do the plugs. Uh, Dawn has got a, a new podcast. She's cheating on us still. I am part of the Cyborg Queen Media podcast family. I uh, feature on the Walking Dead spin-off, Daryl Dixon, which is Daryl Dixon in France. Episode 4 should be out on Monday. It still doesn't have a UK streamer, but, you know, for the rest of the world. <laughs> um, and you can find that on um, Cyborg Me- Queen Media on YouTube. I am on uh, Twitter at DonGlen2, where you can catch up on any of my podcasting <laughs> because I'm I'm currently also possibly guesting on another one so oh, you know blooming hell I know I'm just you give I, the woman an inch yes. <laughs> uh, I've just written a review for Boiling Point on Custom TV so you can check that out there and I mainly work for uh, write for Spoiler TV at the moment so I'll be covering the London Film Festival there it starts oh, cool. this week I'll only be there the second week because of work, but I'm looking forward to doing that. And I've also started reviewing games there as well. So I've got a review of the Crew 3, I think, coming soon, which if you're a fan of racing games, it's going to be right up your street. Uh, On the website currently, we've got a review from him uh, about Boiling Point. Uh, We've also got a review of uh, the new uh, Justified uh, spin-off. Uh, Dawn, I knew you'd written something on there. You'd reviewed The Long Shadow. I'd forgotten what you'd reviewed this week. <laughs> yes, I had. And Mink Series 2 as well. We'll promote that uh, from last week. Um, and your TV news is all uh, present and correct, as is the weekly uh, coming soon. And in the future coming soon, uh, which I update, and I'm now perturbed by the fact that I've put the first 2024 things on there. <laughs> And and now the writing writer strike is over. I imagine there'll be a lot more things resuming production. So we'll probably mm-hmm. start getting more. Be a Any news on the SAG? The SAG strike still going on though, isn't oh, it? That, yeah, sadly the SAG still. No promotion for for the films no. still. <laughs> They've all been pushed back, haven't they, Milo? It's lucky that LFF is uh, mainly European films this year. Mm. I think so. Uh, I think that's all the plugs done. Uh, we are going to start with uh, Boiling Point. Uh, that is, as I said, is the spin-off of the film. Uh, Milo, as he's uh, written a review for the website, is just going to quickly set this up for us. So the film was this one-take kitchen drama set in a high-end restaurant in Dalston. It's, uh, for those of you who have seen The Bear, it's the kind of environment that Carmi left to try and avoid. And if you've seen the film, you'll know it's very stressful. It's very high energy. It was all done in one take. The series isn't quite done in one take. The camera work has a bit more freedom. 
and we pick up six months later for a four-episode series where Carly is now the protagonist and Vanette Robinson is fantastic as she's dealing with the balancing personal life and professional life kind of in one go. Starts out as a really calm shift, but as anyone who's worked in hospitality knows, that can kind of flip from calm to 100 in the space of a second. And you kind of get to see everything kissing the fan. And there's in the background, you also see Stephen Graham's Andy, who had a public, very public heart attack meltdown in the film, is now dealing with the consequences of losing his head chef position and basically isolating himself away from the world. So there's a lot of fiction there. And yeah, that's kind of the setup for the film, uh, series even. First question, really, Dawn, is do you think you need to watch that? You can watch this without seeing the film first, or do you think, do you think you've got more out of it? Uh, yeah, I think I got more out of it. In a sense, it's like, a you know, that's the first season. <laughs> the bottom is a boiling point. But I think you can go into it without having seen it at all because there is a quick flashback, which um, Milo mentioned in his review, which sort of gives you the important point, which really is just that, you know, after a, a busy day that Freeman lost his rag at Andy and Andy had... Um, uh, a heart attack after doing drugs and um drink film itself and um, because it's you know, all all one shot it sets up the dynamics of all the characters just within that time and so the the series does exactly the same thing you instantly get the what the connection is what everybody's personalities um it's not something you need to have seen beforehand to understand what these people's histories are um, because it's all there on the screen from the start, which is um, mm. something that that makes it very accessible. Whatever. Yeah, I suppose it's, ju- it's just the heart attack, isn't it? Really, is the only yeah. thing the sort of why he yeah. his relationship to here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. The rest of the staff at this new restaurant, um, which somehow, as as you mentioned, Milo Carly, the Vanette Robinson character has gone from sous chef at the the previous restaurant to the head chef at this Point North, uh, which is the name of the restaurant in the uh, Boiling Point uh, series. I mean, I know um, he was originally not going to work with the director because the director had to get the name of it, but a short film. And then um, he basically directed sent the short film to Stephen Graham, who watched it, liked it, and then got involved. And I think they only had like three days to film the short film itself, which is all Stephen Graham could spare them. So I think it's kind of, again, a very much a budget issue mm. as to why this cast has been brought on. Because uh, there's yeah. no like, A-list names still in the show, which I'm quite glad they kept. Mm. And that is actually what I like about it in a way is you, it's more of a believability factor, I suppose. Mm. You know, you can switch off to an extent. If they're good actors, you forget you're watching those actors. But I think sometimes it helps having 
you know, I suppose Vanette Robinson and obviously Stephen Graham are really the only sort of big names, uh, but most of them are, you know, unrecognisable. And I think that helps you buy into this whole situation, really. I mean, um, Dawn, did you enjoy it as a whole, as a seri- as a sort of episode of TV? What were your thoughts? I actually ended up watching a second episode. I, was, I hadn't planned to, but I watched the second episode today. And I was glad I did because the first episode I really enjoyed, but it is essentially not a setup, but you know, it, it's almost like establishing what's going to happen. The relationships fall apart. Freeman reaches the end of his tether. Um, there's the problem that uh, Carly has with investors, and it feels like it's setting up all these stories. So the second episode is much more focused on the relationship, and um. I, I thought it was one of the best hours of TV I've ever seen in the second episode. It's amazing. And Hannah Walters in that is so, so good. I know there's obviously a, a big connection to the beer. Everybody's going to compare it to the beer. But I think I actually preferred it to the beer. And I I know my, uh, Luke might throw me out for, for saying that. <laughs> I but, think um... I'd agree. You're not the only one. <laughs> I haven't seen the second <laughs> series of The Bear yet, but I think it's definitely trying again to compare them. I think they're both going for very different things. I think I mentioned yeah, yeah. in my review, I don't know if anyone saw it because it's a fairly short-lived show, but it's called The Sweat Bitter, or however you pronounce it. I'm probably butchered the pronunciation of Star Show back in 2018. A sweet bitter, uh, it's very short-lived, uh, not particularly good, um, but again it captured the high intense, high drama restaurant of that kind of level, which whereas I think the bear is more a comedy to a degree. Mm. I think there's more of an authenticity here, I think the bear yeah. is a little bit more heightened, I think possibly, and I think possibly because we can connect with it more it being sort of British and those characters I think we're more more connected with I think there's a disconnection with sort of American characters to the extent where we sort of maybe know some of these people who are like working in the kitchen I mean Milo you mentioned working in the kitchen for two years I mean does it there's sort of elements of PTSD here definitely it's kind of like everyone's all enemies join the chef yet your friends the second that you clock off and it kind what of was like, what was your job i was a kp so mostly i kept out of most of the drama i was just off to the side doing my own thing which kind of helped it wasn't anywhere near thankfully as to high intensity as this kind of um upper class restaurant it was mainly uh, just a seaside resort kitchen nice. But yeah, it's still very much related a lot to everything that was going on in this. I don't think it reaches the the stress levels of the film purely because you sort of obviously, as you said, Milo, it's a one shot. And also the layout of the restaurant in that, you know, you have the chefs actually cooking in front of the the customers here. But there is still that tension. I don't think I've ever seen a, a TV show where there's so much jeopardy around if someone can make hollandaise sauce or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, another thing I wanted to say was this seems very original in terms of not being another crime drama. I mean, I can't think of really any restaurant set. The only thing I that come to mind was White's, which was the comedy with alan davis you don't have that intensity that you have here um and you know as you said you go 
outside the kitchen a little bit more with um, Kathy Tyson as Carly's mum and Stephen Graham's Andy, mainly at the end of the episode, as you say, with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like reading um, stuff with the director as well, like he sort of wanted to expand these characters' worlds more because, you know, mainly it, it is the characters that you met in the film and having like four hours of TV, you get to see more of them and learn more about them. And he, uh, for example, they've introduced a non-binary actor into this as well, which is something that he wanted to do. So uh, there's a lot more going on there. Uh, yeah, I mainly like how this kind of makes every character kind of basically not perfect. They're all horrible people. <laughs> and it's everyone's dealing with their own issues. Andy in particular is dealing with mental health. It shows that it isn't an easy process. Stephen Graham's touched on this before and a lot of things that he's done, like the virtues as well and mm, the health to a degree. So it's good to see him kind of bringing this back up again and again. It's a constant theme throughout his work which is really worth mentioning because I think it gives that um, vital importance that makes elevates it from a really good watch to kind of an essential one by the themes that it covers. And I think as well in that scene where you see him at the end, I think it says something about that, that chef job that it's something that defines you. And if you're not doing it, what are you doing? And, you do, you know, when Emily comes at the end and you know he's there surrounded by lager cans um, and his flat's a complete mess and you just get this sort of sense of that he's just given up a little bit really I I, I felt because I already had the connection to the character from watching the film as well and um, I think you know you've got more sympathy there I should have prefaced this by saying the film is on film for the fil- the full film and the short film is on the iPlayer, so you can <laughs> you can decide. Uh, yeah, it's 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 weird, really, because it was on Netflix till recently. I'd assumed that it was going to be coming to the iPlayer, but it was uh, Channel Four instead. Although that, there is the comparison to the beer, I think it made me think more of ER. It felt that felt the same kind of vibe of the you know the staff who are standing having a joke or whatever, and then everything's high tension and high pressure and the connection and the way you follow what's happening even though it's not life or death as in it is yeah it feels like it is to them and I thought it was a very similar vibe to that which mm-hmm. and it really keeps it keeps it lively you know but I loved it I really think it's one of the best things on you know that I've ever seen basically mm-hmm. And it lived up to your expectations, Milo, yeah? Uh, yeah, definitely. I was um, worried that it wouldn't really be necessary, but it's absolutely vital. And I'm so glad it's arrived in the shape that it has done. And I can't wait to watch the rest of the evening, I think. I'm going to <laughs> and I, I suppose the other thing is the chemistry between the cast as well. I suppose it helps that they've had like a sort of maybe ongoing relationship for the past two years. They, most of them worked on on the film together but it just it does feel like they've been working together all that time and there's sort of the banter between the bar staff I really like the couple of new characters they've introduced as well work well in that environment as well the performance uh by the actor who plays Freeman Ray Panthaki in that scene where he's with the investors I thought that was handled really well and you sort of really felt for him there as well and 
I also liked, you know, you had the last five minutes was seeing these characters de-stressing after working at the restaurant. I thought that was brilliant as well. And it is just that sort of character study, I think, that we like to see. I know Luke loves this sort of thing. I'd be keen to know his thoughts on this as well. I know he'd seen the film prior, but yeah, I I, I echo your, your guys' sentiments, really enjoyed Boiling Point. So, uh, and that will all be on the iPlayer uh, by the time you hear this, or it's uh, Sunday nights at nine o'clock. Uh, we've got a bit of a uh, a food theme uh, today. Uh, we're moving on now to Mrs. Sidhu Investigates. This was originally a radio drama. It is on the drama channel, as we said at the top, and it stars Mira Sial. Uh, she plays the titular Mrs. Sidhu. She's a widowed uh, high-end caterer living in Slough. She lives with her somewhat useless adult son Tez who has recently moved back in uh, to the family home. Mrs Sidhu in the first episode gets the opportunity uh, to cater for the Chic Health Club Sharp Tone but as we see in an earlier scene this has been the site of a murder. Uh, two dead bodies are discovered there of one of the trainers and also the night cleaner i suppose uh janitor if you're american when uh club employee and uh mrs sidhu's family friend uh rani is the main suspect in the investigation uh, she resolves to help find the real murderer and clear rani's name uh this sees her butt heads with uh, craig parkinson's belligerent dci burton uh, although annoyed by her at first burton soon realizes that mrs sidhu's eye for detail is beneficial and later learns that it is a somewhat inherited trait um, and inevitably by the end of the day, Mrs. Sidhu solves the case before the police, uh, but this puts herself in danger and uh, we see the killer confront both her and Rani in uh, one of the final scenes. Now, Dawn, this scene something that is up your street. I know you're a big Mira Seal fan, saw her at, at the Edinburgh TV Festival. Yes. What were your thoughts on this? It's a weird one because um, it is essentially your, you know, your father Brown, your Hetty Wainthrop, whatever kind of investigates that cosy crime keeper kind I, of thing. I called it murder, murder she deep fried, I would. <laughs> oh, very good. Yes. <laughs> I like that. But then there are moments of it, a lot in it about, um, you know, being... Indian in uh, in England uh, and uh, you know there's stuff about racism and identity and culture and all this kind of stuff which is really really good and then there's this kind of it doesn't make much sense shallow like murder plot which is very like the ones that you you get on uh, drama channel or alibi or whatever it's lifted above the usual by Mira Sayal and Craig Parkinson. I think they, their chemistry was really fantastic. And I loved their pairing together and it really worked. So that just makes it that little bit better. And I suppose with a lot of these shows, the murders are crimes, you know, like in Death in Paradise or whatever, and a bit nonsense. <laughs> you know, it is a bit nonsensey. But the character, I really love the character. She totally, you're right, it's right up my in my uh, wheelhouse because, you know, she's a, this middle-aged widow trying to find purpose in her life again and 
I, I love to see a character who is smarter than everybody else around her, um, which she very clearly is. I love that she's got this shrine in a kitchen cupboard and she goes and talks to her dead parents and her dead husband and, and asks their advice. And those details I thought were lovely. But yeah, the murder was just like, oh, okay, whatever. Poker face does it, but does it brilliantly. Yeah. But it's one of those ones, I wouldn't make an appointment to watch it, but I would watch it if it was on because I really would be interested to see what happens with Mrs. Sudu and, and Burton. He's got some issue in the past where he messed up. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He followed his, his sources were wrong and uh, something bad happened and he's nearly lost his job. And I, I, I would like to see more of that. And I, I definitely would watch it for, for their interactions. I thought um, maybe it's a ship. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to ask you that, Dawn. I was going to ask you, is this going to be, is this a ship or is it a male-female friendship? Yeah, so, it's not very clear, but but the fact that the you know when we're introduced to Barton, that we're immediately told his wife has left him, <laughs> I was like, oh, they're they're setting up that he's single. We're doing the divorce, eh? Yes. <laughs> I mean, Dawn, you've just basically gone through all the notes. Same here, as well. As you say, like quite flimsily drawn one-time characters. The dialogue from all the club employees didn't feel really well drawn but I love I loved the sort of the themes the being a, a woman and being a woman of colour the reveal of the murderer actually ties into those themes so that worked for me as you say the chemistry between Craig and Mira is fantastic that sort of dynamic works really well the character beat of her having to grow up really young because her mum died when she was 13, so she basically had to take over that role. Is that Am I right? Or... No, I think so. Dad, dad died when she Dad, died. sorry, Dad yeah. died. And, and there's the insinuation that she possibly could have been a police officer because that's what her dad did. She has inherited some of his skills, and we see that with the son later on as well, that he has actually inherited her skills in the kitchen because he's this useless layabout. But then when she needed him, he was able to cook up exactly what she what needed him to do. So I liked that sort of dynamic as well. It was a little bit long as well, you know, hour and a half. It's a shame that it's sort of hidden away as well on drama. Um, I know, though, that the B- BBC have got a 
um, a relationship with the UK channels. It's part of BBC Worldwide, and they have put a lot of their stuff. You know, Annika was an alibi show. I know there's a lot of the comedies have recently come over the the Murder They Hope franchise. That's all come over. I think Sandy Lands that's on at the moment. So hopefully, I was just thinking, would there be an hour and a half slot somewhere? <laughs> but it, it definitely deserves to be seen by more people than I think will see it, given yeah. the talent involved, given the themes that we've spoken about. The only bit that sort of didn't work, I think, was all these sort of, you know, himbos and gym bunnies and, and characters like that that weren't particularly well drawn although i did like the lady who worked in the kitchen who had that the the background and actually they gave her a bit of a storyline again that sort of fits into the themes i think that mira and the writer probably want to uh, develop i'd echo your thoughts on the uh, gym culture just felt a bit off cartoonish for me like i don't think any of the people who attended that gym i didn't never thought as real people Whereas in comparison, the culture work with anything to do with the family dynamic was great. Um, I loved all the gags about the use of the sun, the bit of one-liner about aliens. I was like, yes, <laughs> I would relate to that in that situation as well. At its strongest, around the core family dynamics and the characters, and the South Asian culture at its weakest when it tries to do any of the crime stuff, which, again, for a show about time kind of needs to work but again it's the light breezy watch you know what you're getting and again as yourself could have done with it being a bit shorter i found it an easy watch i think whenever you see the runtime is an hour and a half you're a bit trepidatious but actually (laughs) i found it easier to watch than certainly one of the two shows we're about to discuss boiling point was the, the, the the easiest watch of the week but i think this was number two for me uh, Wednesday nights on uh, the Drama Channel, and it will be on the UK. I think it's called UK TV Play. I think they're they're sort of on demand service. Get the latest TV news direct from thecustardtv.com. My God, you are pure television. Guaranteed. So full disclosure, guys, we've been uh, having some technical difficulties on my end this afternoon and we have lost Milo. He's had to go as a uh, young millennial. He has a social life, unlike me and Dawn. He has left us some uh, written feedback for the other two shows we'll be discussing. So I will read those uh, during the reviews. Next up, we've got Payback. This is a new thriller. Is it Edinburgh it's set in? Yes, it is. In Edinburgh. So obviously over to our Scottish correspondent Dawn Glenn for a bit of a plot recap. Payback is about um, a couple, Lexi and Jared Noble. They run an accountancy firm together. They're partners in it. They have a lovely idyllic Edinburgh well-to-do life with an au pair. Uh, one morning it's a new au pair and Lexi wants to check up on her. So she follows her rather than going straight to work. Um, her husband is meant to be working from home at that point. On seeing that the au pair is fine and is doing a good job, she returns to just in time to see her husband, Jared, being stabbed. It looks like he's been caught in a gang warfare or something. Hughes fighting uh, and he's stabbed in the tussle. Uh, and sadly, he dies. 
but it becomes clear very quickly that in fact it wasn't an accidental death. Lexi discovers that, that her husband Jared had been involved in uh, the crime dealings of a big crime boss, Cal Morris, played by Peter Mullen, and he was in the middle of a big deal to buy a Scottish island because of they are criminals, all the money was being laundered, so it was money going in and out of various accounts, and it so happened that the money had gone into Jared's account and was meant to be coming out of it at the moment Jared died. So the, the money is stuck in Jared's account and Cal Morris wants it back. He can't get into these locked accounts, so he's hoping that uh, Lexi, the, the wife, will be able to have the information. However, she had no idea that any of this was going on. Her husband was leading a secret life. She wasn't aware of his dealings with uh, the mob people. And she is surprised and discovers that, in fact, he had a, a secret safe in the house where he had a burner phone, which he used to contact Mo uh, Cal Morris and some other information about his other accounts that he had created for this business, this side of the business. The police are also currently looking for Cal Morris to try and get him arrested. When Lexi had Googled who this man was, she saw that he had been in the frame for lots of crimes and never actually put away. So the police are obviously desperate to catch him and they have surveillance on him. They then become involved in this uh, situation with uh, Jared's death and there is a conflict of interest interest between two branches of the police, those who are investigating the, the murder and those who are investigating financial crimes with Morris. Uh, and they're clashing because Andy Osho is the police officer who's investigating the murder and she is convinced that Lexi is behind it, that she had hired these young men to kill her husband because her husband was having an affair. They have found evidence of it. However, Lexi discovers that uh, the person that he was allegedly having an affair with was Sarah Blaine. But Lexi discovers some fake passports that her husband had uh, in his, his and the children's. He had created a new name for himself and the children. And there was Sarah Blaine's passport, but when she looks at it, it is her photo. So he has um, had plans to change all the names, go into hiding and it becomes clear why this is because when Cal Morris contacts Lakely to try and uh, get her help to recover this money, it becomes clear that Jared has in fact been robbing Cal Morris as well and there's lots of money gone missing so Morris wants Lexi to help him find it because she understands her husband's cipher that he used to encode everything uh, and also, at the same time, the police want Lexi to help them catch Morris. I'll go to uh, Milo first. So he says he found payback very thrilling, honest depiction of grief, which I found quite tough to watch at times, especially as seen with the mother telling the child about her husband's fate. Peter Mullen is appropriately terrifying, and the building of paranoia and suspense was ex executed very well. I'll be back for more. However, it was billed as an ideal family life at the start, and I didn't quite buy that. Felt a bit too artificial, and not really a sense of ideal that strikes me as normal. It felt more like a nightmare, juggling everything, the kind of stress behind the scenes of a perfect family home. Could have almost 
propelled a whole drama in its own right even before we get to the chaos and the chaos kept me there a rapid descent into the underworld that just really shows how one bad day can get so far out of hand not to uh, disagree with someone who's not here but um i just couldn't get on board with this if luke were here and his knowledge of obscure itv dramas from years ago there was a drama called Black Work with Sheridan Smith years and years ago. I don't know if you remember this. And she, I think her and her husband were both police officers and he died and there was a mystery behind it. It's very similar to this, really. And the criticism that Luke and me had at the time was that you didn't see them together that much before he died. And that is what I would say here as well, that you've got, what, two scenes of them together? And she yeah. was just spying on the au pair and then he got murdered. The scene where he was murdered and her milling around him, I thought that was like the best sort of shot sequence of it. Peter yeah. Mullen could play this role in his sleep. I'm sorry, this is like an easy payday for Peter Mullen. You know, he's not stretching his uh, range very much. Nice to see Stephen McIntosh in there as well as the polo neck jumper henchman and and julie graham as well as his wife the bit that did intrigue me was the surveillance the police work uh the character of dc con played by and i'm going to butcher this name we butchered a lot of names today prasana <laughs> pawan araja who i best recognize like peter mullen from an episode of mum he was the guy who they uh, got the property from that they were staying in in series three i like the whole sort of forensic detail of the you know his sort it's it's a bit sort of unforgotten you know he doing the figures running the numbers listening into these calls the bit of the story i'd like to see more than the widow going into business with a man who basically wants to kill her and she doesn't really know what's going on and you know it just felt like just another ITV drama. You know, someone would to sit down and like write me a sort of a, a spoof of an ITV crime drama. This would be it for me. You know, after we sort of showered praise on The Long Shadow last week, which, you know, was rightfully deserved. This just feels paint by numbers, really. Dawn, you've watched three episodes because you thought it was the three episode series. Turns out it's six. <laughs> But given your sort of broader knowledge, uh, what would you say about this? I, I think I'm falling more on your side. Um, I did, it just didn't capture me. It did improve. And by the third episode, when she is working with Peter Mullen much more, I did actually start to enjoy it because we start to see she is clever and, and you know, she's coming up with ideas to help herself. It's always the same when it comes to stuff that's financial. It's like that bit in Hijack with the shares. When it's something I don't understand, I'm just like... I, I, but I don't think anyone understood that in Hijack. That was very that was very much the MacGuffin that just got... The baddie's gone now. We don't have to worry about that. Let's just not crash this plane. When they're talking about doing this and that with money and money laundering, as a state, I learned a lot about money laundering this week because of trying to apply for a mortgage. Not that but I have just to, to Yes, <laughs> let's just put that in there. <laughs> yes, to be clear, I didn't realise there were so many rules about gifting money to someone. 
because of money laundering. They have to do so many checks if you get a gift of, of money. Mm. Unless, of course, you're uh, an MP. I was <laughs> just going to make the same joke. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it, Dawn. So that whole side of it, I just was like, I find I find that boring to watch when they're talking financial dealings or whatever. But I think the worst thing for me was the fact that Andy Osho, her character is obviously a woman of colour, a policewoman, and she is essentially being painted as you're an idiot because you have completely gone down the wrong path. She's uh, completely convinced that Lexi is behind the murder. I don't like that they've put that onto the character of a a, a woman of colour police officer, that she is completely wrong but is mm. determined to go after it. As you say about Peter Mullen, he could, you know, this is uh, bread and butter acting for him. I, I find myself, I'm more interested in him, and he's clearly, he's, you know, murderous. That's because he's her. teaching you how to money launder, so you can know. Murder my house. Like you say, after watching The Long Shadow last week, which was incredible, this just felt very flat in mm. comparison. I think Formulaic. Yeah. ICVX. <laughs> It's all there. I mean, like Milo liked it, so you might enjoy it as well. But we end with another crime drama this week. Uh, we journey over to Walter Presents, the Norwegian drama for life. It starts with a confrontation uh, between a detective called Victoria Wool. Uh, she is in an interrogation room with a man. They have some banter. She talks about being near to retirement after a sort of brief exchange, we learn that, you know, this is people who've known each other for a while. He goes for a concealed knife under the table in the in the uh, interrogation room and lunges towards her just in time for a Luke special. 15 Yay! years earlier, 15, Dawn. We've got Victoria celebrating her son's 18th birthday. She's got a new man in her life who we learn is a journalist. She's sneaking him out of the house. Her son complains that he can hear his mum having sex through the walls. We also learn that uh, Victoria's policing team is being disbanded. There's a new police commissioner. He's restructuring. Uh, but she's going to sort of be moving offices to Oslo and everything's going to change for her, despite her not really wanting this to happen. So we've got basically her last case, which is a lady called Siv, who is found murdered. And just a little bit away from her body is her eight-year-old daughter, um, Ava, who uh, was drugged but is still alive. The presumed uh, suspect is Siv's ex-husband, Ava's father. He's also found dead, and it's thought that it was suicide and that he had a note basically admitting to the crime uh, but Victoria isn't convinced the uh, note was typed and printed off and she wants to dig further. But her superiors are saying, no, this is it. We're moving on. But she sort of wins the day. She then starts looking at the PR firm that Siv just started uh, working for. She was previously a teacher. She gets, is he like a private investigator kit? This like. Yeah, a tech guy kind of thing. Yeah who's an alcoholic basically this alcoholic tech guy who sort of finds out that victoria was looking at the people at the pr firm the dodgy dealings she was having an affair with one of the one of her bosses 
we ultimately get the the cases cracked and the findings she uses to sort of change the fortunes of a team. We then go back to uh, the present, the 15 years later, and we get one final twist that sort of puts everything on its head and sort of makes you think about what the the title of the show is all about, really. But let's uh, have a look at what Milo said. The 15-year earlier flash-forward meant it lost me from the start. Too big of a time difference. The rest of the show reminded me a lot of The Blacklist in its style, fast-paced with the soundtrack of catchy pop songs. But the music didn't work here and it felt that it completely clashed with the dour, self-serious nature of the show. That even its moments where it allows itself to have fun felt a bit forced. Walter presents his cop dramas are a bit hit and miss. I like their shows that swing for the fences a bit more like Exterior Night. But whilst these skewer more towards the procedural side, I'm tempted to stick with it. But that said, it's very cliche driven and I can't really tell anything in this show that would stick for me other than it's another Walter Presents show, which is a real shame, probably the weakest of the bunch this week. I thought it was better than than Payback. I quite enjoyed it. I think I am always more drawn to these female-led police things and the fact, you know, uh, Victoria and her sidekick, uh, Alia, you know, I liked that, and I liked that it, a lot was made of that. It was very feminist, and the, the way they're investigating the PR firm is a very sort of feminist issue because it's about, you know, this affair and also the the culture of, of, of you know, making jokes about your secretary in a sexual way. And I quite liked her her home life with her with her um son, her 18-year-old son, and the, his father just gives him a car without telling her, and then the, she's taking a phone call from her ex-husband about the car while she's poking around a dead body, which I quite I liked that uh, incongruity. I liked it. There were little touches of humour. It wasn't like as, as funny as like Deadlock, but it it did have little touches of character-driven humour, which I yeah, liked. I agree. And the twist at the end definitely made me sit up and go, oh. So <laughs> I think that, it, you know, Sometimes the twist at the end of an episode, you sort of go, oh, right, okay, all the twist in. But this really <laughs> caught, me. <laughs> caught me completely unawares, and it did intrigue me. I, I, I would watch it. I have to say, I don't think there's, well, maybe there's been one Walter Presents I haven't liked, but all of them that I've watched, I, I really enjoyed, and a lot of them have been what Pauline what isn't Pauline telling Pauline isn't telling you. <laughs> I really enjoyed that and watched all of it in the end because, again, it was like a female-driven police thing and I quite, mm. I really quite enjoyed that. I sort of get where Milo's coming from in that there is that incongruity. As you say, there's a bit of humour between Victoria and her... What was it, Aaliyah? Yeah, Elia, yeah, I think. Elia. That was the best thing. And, and that this sort of little team she's got with those two in Kit, I like that. And obviously mm-hmm. that's going to be, moving forward, they've got their own little unit and their own little office. The 15 years later stuff feels very different, like something a lot more serious. Thanks. Like, not to say this isn't dark, because, you know, you've got double murder and a, you know, eight-year-old who's being given, like, sedatives. But it's apparently it's going to be sort of procedural for the most part, case of the week. But then we get these little bits elsewhere, which is probably what's going to have you sticking around. But 
again, I'm not sure if this is something I'm going to stick with. I think of the four shows we've reviewed this week, I think Boiling Point is the only one really that has stuck with me. I didn't feel my time was wasted. I thought the lead performance, Tone Mostraum, another name butchered there probably, <laughs> I thought was convincing actually as both versions of the character and actually the, the makeup was very good. Because I was really surprised by that. A 15-year mm. gap, it was completely believable. I was 15 years older, so mm. that was very surprising. I liked it, but again, echoing sort of Milo's sentiments, I don't know if there's anything really that will stick with me. And a lot of the Walter Presents, you talked about like liking a lot of them. I think I have liked them, but they've all sort of merged into one Walter Presents <laughs> yeah. big ball. Whereas I think the BBC Four ones that we've watched, I think it helps that a lot of them are from different countries and slightly different themes and things like that. So weekly on more for 9 p.m friday nights thank you for joining us thank you so much to milo for giving his time on what was a very troubled production this afternoon. <laughs> dawn do you want to just quickly go through where we can uh find you on the interwebs you can get me on twitter at dawn glenn too and on Instagram and threads, I am on Blue Sky, but I can't remember what that one is. <laughs> but it's uh, on Instagram and uh, threads, I am Ikeloshu, which is I-K-K-L-E-O-S-U. And on my Don Glenn 2 Twitter, you can find out uh, all my other adventures <laughs> in podcasting. <laughs> and uh, Milo's Twitter is uh, Milo underscore AFC. And as he said, you can also find him on uh, Letterboxd. His link is on his uh, his uh, Twitter bio. Also, I forgot to plug earlier, mine and Luke's uh, retro podcast from a couple of weeks ago. If you could give that a listen, let me know what you thought of it. Uh, we might do another one for this month. Just some feedback would be appreciated. I know quite a few people have listened to it. Dawn's listened to it and enjoyed the quiz. Maybe it should just be all quiz. <laughs> I did enjoy the other aspects too, but the quiz was my favourite bit. <laughs> okay, yeah, so that is on there as the TV time machine. You know, we've got podcasts going back to 2011 as well. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Twitter at Luke Custard TV, at Matt's TV Bites, at Custard TV Pod. It's the Custard TV on Instagram. Please give us a follow on there because... We don't know how long Twitter slash X is going to last. Um, and Dawn is doing a very good job of updating it. And if you'd like to get in touch by any of those means, including Facebook as well, or email custardtvreviews at gmail.com if you'd like to be on the podcast, if you'd like to write for the website, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, just drop us a line. There's also a join us um, form on uh, the website as well. Uh, next week, uh, Lupin is back and we will also be reviewing uh, the Jimmy Savile uh, drama, The the Reckoning. So uh, until then, thanks so much and uh, goodbye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.